This week, like I mentioned, it's an important week here at KUCI. Not only is it a fun drive, but we're talking about an anniversary. We're celebrating, we're having a birthday party here. This is the 40th anniversary of the Irvine Historical Society is happening this this week. We're having a big old uh, party, shall we say, um, at the museum this week. And we wanted to talk about it because Irvine as a city is a place that most people don't think of as being very old. Uh, they talk about like, how can Irvine even have history? It's only been around since 1971 when it was incorporated. But, but it's kind of maturing into a, a city with its very own culture, its own history, and some of the things that were here at the very beginning are maturing into some really important anniversaries. And so now we have 50-year anniversaries of University Park. We have 40th anniversaries of Woodbridge, and now we have uh, 40th anniversaries of our historical society. So to help me give you some background on that, I have a couple friends uh, here with me. I have Gail Daniels, and I have Mary Sousa. How are you, ladies? Very well, thank and you. you. have to get a little, there you are, Mary, can I say hello? Hello. Oh, good to see you, good to see you. Um, so Mary and Gail are um, tireless volunteers at the Irvine Historical Museum and the Society. They have been for a long time, and so they're the perfect people to give, uh, talk a little bit about this, get some background about the Irvine Historical Society, how it started about 40 years ago, and kind of transitioning into what it is today and what it means today to the city. So, um, Gail, maybe I we could start with you talking a little bit about how this all started. Uh, you know, 40 years ago, uh, how did the Irvine Historical Society begin? Well, the city of Irvine had a bicentennial committee mm -hmm. together from all the different um, housing developments. And together as a committee, they uh, organized the 4th of July celebration parade mm -hmm. for the uh, country's bicentennial. They had so much fun uncovering what had happened here before that they couldn't just stop there. So what they did is that they formed a committee after the bicentennial parties were over. Mm -hmm. And they said, we've found all this interesting things that they uncovered from the Irvine Company, from the um, Irvine Ranch Water District, all these things and, and some, some things at the city. And they said, wow, we have a history mm -hmm. that goes back before the Spanish came in. Right, right. Yeah, not just when it became a city, but, you know, really way back into the roots of this whole area um, before it was ever, frankly, before it had anything to do with anybody named Irvine. That's right. <laughs> and I love the story, too, about um, another one of the people that we work with and who was there at the very beginning, um, Ann Davis Johnson, and how Ann kind of uncovered a lot of these um artifacts and things through her art classes. And can you tell us a little bit about Anne's story with that? Anne Davis Johnson is an accomplished artist and painter, and uh, that's what she did. She had a business of that. Her husband happened to work for the Irvine Company, mm -hmm. and knowing that Anne liked to take her art class, art classes, into the field to paint things that they saw, uh, he'd let her know when a field was opening up that the uh, opening up for housing development. Mm -hmm. And so she'd take her class out there or she'd go out there by herself and they'd paint the structures that were still left. And those would be like barns or what What kind of structures barns, were they? Barns, sheds, old garages, <laughs> um, tool 
for, for tools yeah and so forth and she'd she would she'd go in there and she'd find stuff and she said you know can i have this and they say <laughs> we're getting bulldozed the next day yeah so no one really minds if you take it so she did that to all the uh very where all the various housing developments were going to be and then she also was able to get into bomber canyon mm-hmm. and uh actually before then the Irvine Company used to have their employee uh, annual parties in Bomber Canyon. Oh, right, right. Mm -hmm. And so she was familiar with the structures in Bomber Canyon. And so she'd um, also paint those. Mm -hmm. uh, The paddock that is now the Irvine Nature Center. Yeah. Um, She got to go in there where they still had tack on the walls (laughs) and in there. And so she'd collect all this stuff that was left. And I've, you know, I've heard Anne talk about this and how she had discovered all of these artifacts through her painting and her art classes. But I, I wasn't really, where did she put all this stuff? I mean, was this all going into her garage? I'm sure Jim, uh, her husband was really thrilled about that. Where was she collecting all of these things? Well, she was able at that time, the, uh, the city of Irvine, gave her some room it gave her some okay. um, places to store some of the stuff especially the big stuff yeah and it was uh the maintenance yard on sand canyon oh okay so that be by where the old um irvine school would have been in that near yes across where the, the street bus's from there. yard okay yes uh-huh. so some of the larger things she was able to store there and in her garage, yes, and in other, <laughs> she combed. You know, I knew she had things at her house that she yes, had. Yes, she combed Turtle Rock for friends who had a little extra space in their garages, and so once they were able to find a uh, building, then all the stuff came out of the storage space from the city, and then their garages. Okay, okay. So she was kind of um, being an archivist. Uh, unofficially, just kind of going out there thinking, you know, this stuff needs to be saved somehow. And and at the time in 19, you know, well, this would have been even earlier. What This would have been the early 70s, right? It would have been kind of... It was mostly after 76. Okay. So it was after that uh, bicentennial committee had been formed. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of love for old things back then. I mean, it was very much a time of um, let's just raise these old structures so we can build new, brand new uh, master plans communities. And it was kind of, um, the emphasis was, let's just flatten and, and build new. And it wasn't really, let's preserve old. And I think it's wonderful that there were, that Anne and some other people in the community who were here um, had the foresight to realize that we must save these structures or save these things because this is authentic to what this place has always been. Well, remember, everybody who came to Irvine was new here. They always came from someplace else. So all these new citizens of the city of Irvine brought with them their history Mm. from where they Mm -hmm. came from. And so seeing is that they basically had a a blank slate Mm -hmm. virtually to work with, they had to find, they had to really search for the things that were able to be saved. Right, right. And so um, Anne was kind of one of the pioneers. Who were some of the other people who were working at the early days of the Irvine Historical Society? Uh, There was Judy Liebeck, who also was an author and wrote A History of Irvine. Very good book, by the way. And uh, Kate Brewer, she and her husband were very involved in it. Um, you're not going to believe this, Dick and Jane Martin <laughs> were very instrumental in getting f- their friends to come to the uh, early fundraisers of the society. Yes, yes. 
I'm thinking of other yeah, names. I no, didn't I, write I, them down. I know it was definitely a community effort. And um, Mary, I mean, I think what was what do you think was one of the earliest? I know we've been doing a lot of research about the beginning of the historical society. What were some of the projects that were in those early days? I know that would you say it'd be the Francis Packing House was something that was a uh, kind of a a turning point as far as well, it was because restoration. They worked, uh, Judy. Um, as Gail mentioned, she was an author and a writer, and she really uh, uh, wrote very well on on the history of the Francis Packing House, mm-hmm. and and actually did manage to get it on the National Register of Historic Places, but it was already torn down two months before. Well, let's tell the story of that place, um, the France, what the Francis Packing mm-hmm. House was. Um, it was located. Um, uh, let's see. Today it would be very. It'd be in the Northwood area, um, kind of. Well, on Yale Road, which used to be called Shop Road back in the day, and it was so. Today it would be Yale Road in between Irvine Boulevard and Bryan. Would that be right? Kind of in that yeah. middle point well, between there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, today it's a hiking trail. Uh, the it used to be the spur of the railroad line, the Venta Spur, and it was a train line, an offshoot of the Santa Fe, and the packing house, which was the citrus, and then there was a lemon um, packing house there as well, um, was right there on the train track, and that was a way of getting the oranges out. Um, and this that packing house was vintage. I mean, it had been there, uh, golly, nineteen. 19- I mean, it was very much the beginnings of the 19th, uh, 1900s and beautifully made. Um, it was considered to be an excellent example. And Francis is the name of James Irvine Sr.'s wife. And I believe he had it named in her memory. Absolutely. Uh, that's right. So that's what we could get the date correct because I think she passed away in... Um, Oh gosh, 1907, I think. Um, so anyway, it was very in a very important packing house, um, built well. It had um, structurally, it was an example, fa- fabulous example, really, of that architecture of that time. And um, so people, this structure was there. It was in, frankly, in pretty good shape. Could have been something that could have been saved. Um, but as we mentioned, there was a great emphasis. They were going to realign the road. They were going to be um, kind of getting that ready for development and uh, it was on the list to be demolished and so what happened to get that listed on the register of national historic places did judy worked with that or she was kind of behind that um, yes judy was pretty much behind that and they were able to save the one wall yeah, which is great. I mean, unfortunately, the building was not saved. Even though it was listed on the register, it, it wasn't enough to save the building from destruction. But they were able to save one of the walls and where you can see it today. It is in. Uh, it was lifted on big cranes off of that packing house and taken to a bank building, which was, was it the first bank, first savings of Irvine originally? Um, I think it was called Irvine, Irvine Savings. Irvine Savings. And, um, and it was on Culver um, in the Heritage Plaza uh, Shopping Center um, on Culver, right near the 5 Freeway. And it is still there. It's still a bank building. I believe it's, uh, I think it might be Union Bank. 
<laughs> it's been several banks actually since then, but um, the building, the the Francis Packing House wall, is in the back of that bank building. So you walk in there and you see this giant sun-kissed sign, and the back whole back wall of that bank is the Francis Packing House wall. So at least they were able to save a, a remnant of that important structure here. So that was kind of the work that was being done at the early stages of the um, of the Irvine Historical Society. But it was really one other project that kind of launched it, I think, into public awareness. And that would be the um, East Irvine or the Old Town Irvine Preservation. And was that kind of how you got involved with it, Gail? Yes, I had met Ann Johnson at the local pool. <laughs> and this was in, in Turtle Rock, right? In Turtle in, Rock, yes. yes in uh, uh, probably about 1978, 79, mm-hmm. 80. And what happened was is that the uh, what we used to call East Irvine, people now called Old Town Irvine, was a f- uh, one of the last intact shipping areas in Southern California. And we felt that was very important and wanted to save it. So the Irvine Historical Society started giving tours of the entire area of the first Sunday of the month. Um, something like from 1 till 3 or 4 p.m. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had a lot of people show up for that. And that is how we were tried to make the public aware that these were valuable buildings. It was a very interesting history mm-hmm. of the of the beginnings of Irvine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we gave these tours for probably a year. And finally, uh, they found a developer who took it on mm-hmm. to um, to start saving the buildings over there. So those buildings, and to, to be clear, thankfully, because of those preservation um, activities, they're still there today. Um, that area, which we call Old Town Irvine today, would be off of Sand Canyon and Burt Avenue. It's right up, as you fly by on the 5 Freeway, and you look to your right, and you see the old um, packing houses and all of that, and that's the area that we're talking about. The warehouses. The warehouses, and it was the old shipping center, basically the kind of the nerve center of the shipping and packaging that was going on here in the Irvine Ranch. And so, but in those days, those buildings were not, it was not the La Quinta Hotel. It was not Knollwood Hamburger. Um, those were still in their kind of original um, uh, state or whatever. The, the Irvine General Store was still on the other side of San Canyon. Yes. And so it was all in its original state. So when you were giving tours back then, did you go through the old warehouse or how do you go around them? How did they, what were the tours like? We couldn't go inside anything except the blacksmith shop, which is now Knollwood. Uh-huh. Only if the welder who rented the uh, building was in there, then he'd let us in. <laughs> but the other, uh, the store, people could go in. Right. Um, they could, because the store was still the open. The store was still working. It was yeah. a general store where you could buy anything from. Chewing tobacco to boots to <laughs> tomato ketchup or to a Coke. any rate, um, so that was open. You could go in. But the other uh, houses that were there were blocked up and they were vacant. We okay. could not get in those. You didn't want to go in the warehouses because they were scary. Right. And, and not, probably not safe to be walking around in them. Well, right. Um, the uh, garage, which is now... Uh, Denny's mm-hmm. was empty and locked up, and the um, hotel was blocked up. 
and what else is over there? A couple of the houses that were over there uh, we couldn't get into, but we could look at the outside. Right. And we had a lot of good docents, um, teachers that um, knew a lot and could capture the spirit of the neighborhood and uh, got people excited about everything. Who did the uh, the lion's share of the research of putting together the, you know, the docent package of teaching what, you know, uh, gathering the history of those buildings so that you could you could teach those tours? Who did that a lot of that work? That would have been Judy Liebeck. Um, and she did that by interviewing people who had been there and had just, you know, I know she had talked to, uh, was it Bill Cook or some of the former managers of the warehouse? And She talked to Bill Cook, his son Perry. Mm-hmm. She went to uh, Tustin Historical Society oh, okay. a lot because a lot of those uh, those old guys still hung out at the Tustin Historical Museum, and uh, so that's how she gleaned a lot of her information. Yeah, because that that was really a crucial point was the work that Judy did in in gathering that information about Old Town, and I really really love this concept that here you have again Irvine is a time at that time was in love with new and new new homes and new buildings and new development and these buildings were not very pretty anymore i mean they were i mean they were pretty as far as Anne, I'm sure, would love to be able to paint them. Um, but they 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 had ceased to be really valuable-looking buildings. And to have the foresight and to have the ability as teachers... I mean, teachers came in and saved that, really. I mean, yes. it was education, and it was teaching the history of these buildings and getting people excited about that and getting them to... Um, to I don't know to invest emotionally in these kind of ramshackle collection of, of businesses that were there, um, it was miraculous, frankly, that they were able to save those buildings, and a lot of it was just by getting the public involved in it. Yes, and I I love that idea. Yeah, I I met Gail uh, back in the late '80s when I went on an old town tour because when I would move to any city, I had to really learn about the city. And uh, and I was in Woodbridge at the time, and I saw a little ad. I think it, uh, I think you guys put at the time ads in the paper for tours, or I found it somehow. But <laughs> I went down there, and uh, and Gail led my first tour of Old Town, and I met her, and that's how I kind of got started in the history. But you're right; it really got me excited about Irvine's history. Right. Those right. buildings are precious to me. They're just uh, you, you could see the history in them. You could almost hear everything. That's a nice compliment, Mary, because the tour that she had was heading where all the docents from the Mission San Juan Capistrano. Oh. Docents, as we all know, are hard on other docents. <laughs> so you weren't feeling any pressure at all on that day, were you? You had docents from Capistrano, which is one of the probably most organized um, museums. And um, boy, if you've ever been on a tour down in Capistrano, those docents know their stuff. <laughs> and uh, besides, I've always kind of been jealous of those hats you guys get to wear at the mission. I, I think we need hats at our museum. But anyway, that, oh, I didn't realize it was a, a tour full of docents. So you did your job, Gail, that day. You definitely. <laughs> no, she did. She did. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, so Old Town, we, there was then um, a, a group or a community involved. You built up enough awareness and, and caring in the community about these, this place and these buildings that, um, that, a developer came along and money was made available. Did the city get involved at this point in in that, or who? How did the really um, the financial aspect? Because it was quite a project. To it was a huge buildings. project because it was a huge rat infested right. corner of 
of Irvine. But uh, it was the developer, Jay Ray, I believe, mm-hmm. who was the one who uh, said, you know what? And also the um, one of the uh, operating officers for La Quinta was also behind it. And he said, if you people can, can if you people can think that this can be turned into a hotel, go for it. <laughs> and I'm talking about the concrete warehouse. Yes, yes. And you know, if any corporation needs some some uh, some love for the fact of their imagination and foresight that they were able to see in that concrete bean warehouse that they could imagine that becoming a hotel um, I, it, it's beyond me I think it's one of the most creative reuse repurposing of a building that I think I've ever seen and if you've ever had a chance to go over there um, I'll give our pitch for the old town tours later Mary but if you ever want to make a, a have a place for relatives to stay or you ever need to go I've stayed there once because they let dogs stay there so um, I had to spend the night at a place uh, with my dog and we stayed there and it, you are literally staying in the middle of a grain warehouse. It's the coolest thing and I love to be able to support them because they they definitely came along and saved our building which is definitely historic. It tells the story about Irvine and now other people can enjoy it. They can come here, they can they have displays in their lobby with pictures of of what it looked like and and <coughs> you know they they definitely do help us do our job of sharing Irvine history to people who are coming and visiting this area. So, um, lucky to in, I will always um, definitely sell, sing their praises because they do a good job for us. So, what happened is they this money was massed. These buildings were repurposed. Um, the blacksmith shop became Knollwood Hamburger. The garage became the Denny's, and these buildings were picked up on flatbed. Tr- uh, trucks and moved. There were th- at least three of them, right, that were physically moved. And these weren't new buildings, right? These were buildings, Mary, they were um, also, you know, all these buildings are around 1912. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are old structures that were put on the back of a truck and kind of ever so slowly moved around the corner to where they are right now. And so if you go to Old Town Irvine today and you drive around the back of the La Quinta warehouse and you see these buildings that are nice and neat next to each other in the parking lot, they were moved there um, so that they could save them. Um, Later on, and it only recently happened, the Sand Canyon was widened, realigned, and now it's an underpass is there that goes under the railroad tracks. And that that where the the underpass is, or where the road is now, is basically where those buildings once stood. So, if it were not for the Irvine Historical Society and the very strong um, push from people in the city of Irvine who were really interested in saving those, they were gone. Those buildings would not be here today. The hotel was moved twice. The Irvine um, the, the hotel Ir- building. The Irvine hotel building was moved twice. Oh, the first time they... was 1929. Right. It was facing right. I'd forgotten about a road that. that had been moved, and so they jacked it up and turned it 180 degrees. Right. Now, when they moved it the second time across the street to where it stands to now, again, it was moved 180 degrees, so it's actually facing the direction that it was built. So you have to think that the construction 
that w- went into those buildings. And you, you talk about things not being built very well in the past. And um, those buildings had to have been very structurally sound to be able to not only be that old, but to have been moved. And with the hotel moved twice. And they were built by Chris McNeil, who was the same architect who built the Balboa Pavilion. He built the Orange County um a courthouse in Santa Ana, so and and many other structures on the Irvine Ranch. So he did his job. <laughs> he was a good builder because his stuff is still standing today afterwards. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break right now. And Mary and Gail, this is so much fun, and I hope you're enjoying hearing about, you know, how this community gets involved and how people can make a difference here, um, not only in Irvine but you know other places around. And and you can certainly make a difference right now by by getting in touch with us here at KUCI and making a pledge um, to help us with our fun drive. And so um, we will be right back with more information for you in just a moment. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, definitely this is an important time. Our fun uh, fun drive here is what... Drive is the important word because... These pledges are what keep us going. They drive us. They they keep us going forward. And there's no way that any of this can, can happen without your support. There's no way we can offer music that you can't hear anywhere else. There's no way that we can uh, provide some of the sports coverage that you guys can hear of our own sports teams. Or even just hear some of the information and the chatting and the stories and the opinions that maybe you may not be hearing other places. That all happens here at KUCI. And it's important to uh, to keep the drive going. So what you can do right now, we're on. I'm on the air for another half hour. And so until that time, I am challenging you to call in. And I got the number for you. It's 949-824-5824. Um, you can also go online to www.kuci.org and make a pledge there. But I say call in. There's people out there answering the phones, and I know they want to hear from you. So call in 949 824 Five eight two four, and I'll match any pledge you can throw down. I can do it. I can do it. So you just—I'm a very competitive person. So, uh, <laughs> so throw it out, and I will match you. Um, we have some great things. Some some KUCI swag you can get by pledging for thirty-five dollars. You can um, get either a KUCI T-shirt, which is awesome, or a sports bottle, or really cool fun stuff to tell everybody that you're supporting KUCI that which makes you very cool um, a $50 pledge you can get a couple of those things and uh, $100 $200 you know I will personally call you and thank you how about that I mean who doesn't want that <laughs> but and and by the way yeah somebody comes up with a $200 pledge I'm in trouble with my husband but that's okay you know I promised that I would do it and I will do it so please call in and support our radio station that we love I appreciate your help. Um, so now, uh, just we're continuing on our conversation about the Irvine Historical Society, which is an organization that I'm very involved with, and I have two of my fellow docent volunteer uh, women, Gail Daniels and Mary Sousa, who are tireless volunteers with the um, promoting Irvine history here and in the community and, and making sure that everybody knows that, that it's important to preserve what happened before. So um, it wasn't always the way it looks today. 
way. Irvine is a constantly evolving place. And if you want to be able to just see how it was, even a mere 40, 50 years ago, it was quite different. And so we have this fabulous museum that we're very proud of. It's close to the UCI campus, so it's within a nice afternoon's walk. You can come over and visit it any time. It's located right by the Rancho San Joaquin Golf Course um, on if you make a turn off of um, Culver Drive, as you're heading towards the foothills there, uh, make a left on Ethel Coplin Way, head to the back by the golf course, and you'll see us. We're in the cute little ranch house tucked back in the corner under the tree, and it's an important building, isn't it, uh, Gail? This isn't just happenstance that the building is there. Why is the Irvine Histor- Historical Museum where it is today? Well, it had been a house that mm-hmm. James Irvine had built for his ranch manager back in 1864 when uh, they took control of the uh, Rancho San Joaquin, which was bought, purchased from Don Jose Sepulveda. And uh, it was built there because it was near a water source. Mm -hmm. What is now the Rancho San Joaquin Golf Course had been previously a dump. (laughs) Previously to a dump, it was a fresh water marsh. And so being fresh water there, that's where you built your house. People say, well, where was this house moved from? And I says, it wasn't moved from any place. This was the original <laughs> spot that the home was built for the ranch manager. Yeah, and that's why we've always, you know, people have said, why is this house back in the corner? Because now everything, obviously, in Irvine grew up around it. And it kind of looks like our house, our little museum is tucked away in the corner. Well, our museum was there first. <laughs> they all came after us. But uh, including the golf course and, and Rancho San Joaquin, the village that's around it and all of that, the, the pro shop and all that, that came after us and that little museum is a testament to what um, this place was which was a giant sheep grazing operation really back in 1864 and before then it was the ranch rancho of like as you mentioned uh, Don Jose Sepulveda it was his kind of ranch headquarters and site of where his family lived in, in nearby there and so it's historic it, it didn't it's important that it stays there because this is exactly in this very spot which is one of my favorite phrases uh, is where it all began in Irvine so that's why our museum is there and what's kind of what will they they find Mary if they come to the museum what kinds of things will they will they see there if they come to visit well the members like Ann Johnson and her crew that came in and uh, the museum was actually um, open to the public in 1980 and it was uh, farm implements were uh, picked up and stored in there um, uh, cowboy um, saddles and and hides and branding irons lots of branding irons things that were in ann johnson's garage in her garage right (laughs) she finally got to put somewhere else other than her garage yes Yes. and uh i've also uh seen the pictures of the irvine uh company um bringing over some of the big um not the wagons but that real big um beanstalk collector the Beanstraw collector? The beanstraw collector, which was my favorite, favorite <laughs> uh, farm equipment that was there. It looked like a huge satellite. And wagons were brought over, but everything that um, that was stored by Anne and her crew, she had quite a few people uh, helping her out. Um, they brought that, to, uh, brought it to the museum, and they would if the when people come over to the museum, you'll see that on display. Uh, obviously, you see the Irvine history, the um, the family mm-hmm. display. Uh, Anne is very um, 
she thought it was very important to show, uh, I think we talked about a little bit about the Native Americans who were here first, so she has a little part of that there. Exactly. And then, of course, Sepulveda, the uh, the little history of um, how he acquired the ranch, the mm-hmm. property, the San Joaquin property. Very interesting history there. Uh, we could keep people on that section for a sure, couple hours. Sure, And uh, And then, it, uh, then the room is, uh, then you have the uh, ranching side, and then you have the agricultural side of the building. So if your interest is, interest is in ranching and, and the uh, farming uh, history, you've got that right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recently put in the farmhouse kitchen, which uh, the children really love. They, they love that when they come in. Uh, and, you know, they're surprised to find some of the things we still use, only maybe a little updated, but uh, right, we right. still use that. And then the uh, the orange stamping uh, machine that they get a real big kick out of. Things from the packing house. The packing and, house. And yeah, the, and the jamboree, mm-hmm. the Boy Scout jamboree, yes. which we've talked about here on this sh- in this program mm-hmm. about um, how that happened here, and that was really a, a pivotal time mm-hmm. for Irvine moving from agriculture to residential development, kind of happening at that time in 1953. And then we even have a few things from Lion Country Safari. Which is one of our most, uh, I don't know, our our, uh, very interesting parts of Irvine history, but one that a lot of people really fondly remember. And they love to know that, oh, you guys have stuff from Lion Country Safari. They remember going there when they were um, kids and being able to uh, check that out. But... um, yeah, we have mm-hmm. quite a eclectic collection at the museum, we and do. it's it's not all just one thing. And I think if you have any interest at all in in how this place came to be, um, you'll find something that very interesting over there. Who who are your typical visitors who, who are coming over to the museum when you're when you're on duty? <laughs> you know, we have families come over. We have uh, students come over. In fact, uh, the other day we had uh, two students from Colorado that were here as teachers. And there's a conference going on here at UCI uh, on um, what to do when there's, uh, they didn't use the word terrorism, but it's, you know, how to handle problem area, uh, problem mm-hmm. things that happen on campus. And they, I guess they got a break, So, and they're close, like you said. They, mm-hmm. they were able to come over, and they really enjoyed uh, the—they didn't stay long, but they enjoyed what they saw uh, and asked a lot of questions, particularly about UCI's beginnings. Right. Uh, the uh, We get um, visitors um, that come in to see their parents that are living here if they've, uh, oh, if they've moved out. Uh, we get foreign visitors. Um, I think uh, they, when they come here, they really want to learn about Irvine's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and surprisingly, not, they, it's not the current history they want. They actually want to learn about the the Irvine's past history. What what this ground, what, what this the, place what was, was yes, yeah, and how it came to be this high tech, sure, you know. Um, multi-business complex it's yeah huge. I, I find that that's true mm-hmm. I, I think and maybe Gail you agree too a lot of the people who are coming to our events and coming to the museum and are almost more interested are the people who are here the least amount of time mm-hmm. the people who are the newest people to Irvine um, seem to be really really charged up about learning about its past and maybe that's logical you know when you're new to mm-hmm. an area you're really wanting to learn about it and um, but I, I'm always kind of uh, tickled by the people who come here that are just fascinated by um, all the history because it's so new to them you know, it's just what they had no idea, and it just doesn't look like that anymore, and they can't find. And then when we can tell them about places they can go to actually see some of this history, they're just, they're blown mm-hmm. away by it. So it's fun it's true. to it's be true. able to share that. The parents that come in with our crafts, when we mm-hmm. have our crafts at the on the fourth Sunday of the month, 
they just they just can't believe it and you hear that very often we didn't know this was here (laughs) (laughs) tell them about Anne's crafts that she does on the fourth Sunday of the month Anne's crafts are she really really gives them a lot of thought because she wants it to pertain to ranch history Uh, so she's uh, for instance a couple uh, Sundays I think was last month we did the rain sticks that the Native Mm -hmm. Americans used and really did a good job. I so know that these are the programs that are it's they're offered through the city of Irvine, and so you can find out. Um, you can go on the Irvine city of Irvine website and to just classes and activities mm-hmm. that the city offers, and um, they're listed there. So it's it's a partnership with the city of Irvine, and and yes, and Ann Davis uh, Johnson, who is a tireless volunteer, mm-hmm. been there from the beginning when she was painting and teaching art classes. She's still teaching about. History through art. Through art. So some, she did the rain sticks. What are some other things that she's, we she's made, done? W- believe it or not, we actually made pie tarts. <laughs> and, you know, we, we uh, told the story about Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> but right. anyway, it was really good. And, and the the kids were really great with this, and so were the adults. We do the, uh, we're doing, um, we had adobe making in January. Mm-hmm. We make a lot of artificial flowers. Those are those are nice to make. Those are fun to make, and the kids get a a, 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 a big charge out of that. We had an Easter egg hunt this year for the first time in a long time. I, I don't know if there was one in the past, but the kids didn't want to really do decorate their little bags. They wanted to go out and find Look the eggs, eggs quick. Yes, and. Uh, the NCL uh, volunteers actually hid the eggs. There was like over 100 eggs that they put all over That's the place. That's wonderful. And that brings up another um, partnership that we have that we've mm-hmm. had from the very beginning. Um, the National Charity League uh, chapter here in Irvine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mother-daughter philanthropy program and part of their mission is they they volunteer in the community and they give so many hours a year as part of their commitment it's a six-year commitment that they go through and so they have been there at the very beginning and I know Gail you were involved with your daughters and and Anne was as well and and I was as well recently my daughter and I did the um, NCL we all shared that experience and they are still a very big part of the girls come over with their moms and they help with our programs they've helped initially they helped create some of the displays that we had. They um, created part of our coloring book that we give away to kids. And so that mother-daughter National Charity League group of the Irvine chapter has really been an important part of the historical society. They'll be there helping us this Sunday. So let's talk about what's going on this weekend. We have an important event. Hoedown. <laughs> we're having a hoedown. Okay. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're celebrating our 40th birthday. We're having a birthday party. And um, so it's going to be great. We're going to have some of the people from the city are coming. I know the, the mayor's coming to celebrate. And we have our membership coming, but people from the community are invited. Um, if you're interested in coming and being part of this event, uh, you can do so by calling our number there at the museum. It's uh, area code 949 949- Seven eight six four one one two, or you can go to our website, which is www.irvinehistory.org, um, if you want to find out more about the museum. But yes, this Sunday we will be having. Where are we starting at four, four o'clock? o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be having. Well, you tell me. What are some of the things that we're going to be having on uh, happening on Sunday? Well, there'll be the greeting, and we're having um, uh, a spinner. That's going to show us some spinning, not around, <laughs> not the exercise. Spinning. Say, there will be no, there will be no bikes. This is like spinning. 
<laughs> wool into yarn. Okay, into that's yarn. a different that's, kind of spinning. Yeah, this is goes back a little ways. <laughs> spinning, and we're going to have um, square dancing. It's called the Shirts and Skirts Group. I love They're going to come and kind of do a little demonstration and encourage us to pick up this little dance. Okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the reception area. Um, we'll have tours of the museum, of course. That uh, the museum will be open for that. And, uh, you know, followed by a dinner and a presentation on the highlights of uh, what, we've, what we've been talking about today. So it's a great time to come by, even if you can stop by and, and you, you don't have time to stay for the whole dinner or anything. But just come by at the beginning and, and look through the museum. And you'll be mm-hmm. able to look at some of the exhibits. And it's a perfect time to just come by and check us out. Because, um, you know, it's always good when you come by and we're having a party, right? Absolutely. Everybody's in a good mood. But but you can stop by the museum this weekend, this Sunday at about 4 o'clock. And uh, see what's going on and uh, take part in our festivities. And, of course, if, you know, you feel so inclined, you're all always uh, encouraged to become a member Um, we also are always looking for volunteers where we are always happy when somebody kind of fellow history lovers out there get inspired and want to help out because that's how we all kind of got involved in it we got hooked in with the uh, historical society and we need the community to continue to keep this alive and um, Mary you do a docent program or you have a training program if people wanted to come in and um, learn about how to be a docent Absolutely, and it's they. No one has to memorize a thing. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know, they don't have to sit there and spend hours and hours learning the history. We do have the scripts there. Uh, we just want people that you know that are interested are interested in history and um, uh, are able to read a script. That would help. But <laughs> um, and then to talk about it, you know, you can and you can have the script in your hand, but just um, you know, review it, and then when you feel comfortable, then you would talk to people and um, then organize the tour. Um, or even if you just want to come to the museum and uh, learn about uh, what we have. We have different scripts for famous people, That if that's your interest. Mm. Or if citrus is your interest, we have the whole um, history and script on, on the citrus industry here. Um, the Native Americans, if that's your uh, passion, we have that, that you could talk to the people about that. So you could become, you could find your little niche and, mm-hmm. you know, come there and share that um, uh, with uh, with people that visit the museum. Um and we have the uh, the non-lending library where you can learn and, and increase your skills. Uh, I know students who maybe uh, history students who want to practice their skills. It's a good place to practice talking about what you've learned. Right. You, know, you can have it in your head, but bringing it out sometimes can be a little difficult. Yeah, you know? and I think if people have ever had any kind of well, for certainly if you are um, a teacher or um, a retired teacher mm-hmm. or part you just have this kind of passion for being able to share your information I mean this is a perfect way to do that I know that's your background Gail and I mean what you bring to the table as far as being a docent is your background as a teacher yes you can take the teacher out of the classroom, but you can never shut the teachers up. <laughs> God love the teachers. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. It, it never ends. And it, there's always a need. And I think that, um, you know, this is a great place where the teachers can meet the students. And if you, um, I know students here, history history's teacher uh, in the making. I mean, if, you're, mm-hmm. if that you have a passion for that, it's a great place to come and be able to share that with someone else. I mean, that's a gift to be able mm-hmm. to get excited about teaching and sharing what you've learned and so this is a great opportunity for anybody who just likes to be able to tell good stories and get people excited about it um i mean that's that's kind of what excites me i love to be able to 
um, find the story in it. You know, history is full of stories, and I love to be able to find the interesting story and then tell it in a way that will get people really jazzed and, and like, oh my gosh, I never knew that happened here. Mm-hmm. That's so true, Ellen, because you have people, they, they have a concept of history that is so negative. You know, it's just dates and times and places mm-hmm. and and but it is in the telling of that history that is that is just vital and teachers are very good at that and they know how to engage the children i never had children so it's a little harder for me but um, we even make lima beans exciting it's true (laughs) and you know what that's that is Mm -hmm. a gift that is a gift that not everyone has but Mm -hmm. (laughs) lima beans hey lima beans are very exciting (laughs) especially when ann puts them in these little displays for the kids i think that's one of my favorite little crafts Mm -hmm. that she does is she makes this um lima bean painting with all the different beans and the kids are so excited and I thought wow you really are good you just made lima beans fun <laughs> that's true that's true a big part of our history mm-hmm. but as you can see we enjoy mm-hmm. it very much but we we love to share it and so if you have any interest at all in in becoming part of our organization stop by this Sunday um, four o'clock and be able to do that um, and we are open Tuesdays and sad I'm sorry Tuesdays and Sundays um, from 1 to 4 every week. Um, that's our regular operating hours. But you can also come by. You can get involved a couple ways. Come by. If you have little ones who like to do crafts, you can check out our craft program. Or come by to our Old Town History Tour, which we do also the, what? which is it, the second, second. Sunday? Yes, yes, second Sunday. The second Sunday of every month, and um, Mary is now kind of our head tour guide. I do them every once in a while when, when she needs a sub, but she is, I, and I love the fact that that's how you came to the historicals. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that yes. story. Yep. See, you learn something every day. So you came to this tour, and did you, little did you know <laughs> that, which is also another great sentence, mm-hmm. little did you know <laughs> that you would be giving these tours if you a few yeah, yeah. decades later. <laughs> That's Not true. that long, That's but yeah. That's true. Yeah. And she's also, Mary has also brought the Irvine Historical Society into the 21st century. Well, yes, that's a good point, which wasn't easy to do, to, to do that. We're still in the process, and how, how, are, how are we doing that, Mary? Oh, it's great. It's, it's really nice to have a computer printer and Wi-Fi. We, we, are in, we, are, we have know. arrived. I know. We yes. have, yeah, we're moving forward and getting mm-hmm. our website up and, and revamped. Revamped, yes. And um, we, our, our goal is to be able to have all of these fabulous pictures that we have in filing cabinets Mm -hmm. at the museum and get them all digitized and online so that people can use them as research Mm -hmm. tools and if um, students are doing any kind of information school projects or things about um, their local history they'll be able to go on and we'll have programs and and resources for them to be able to access so that's a big part of what we are our mission Mm -hmm. is is to be able to share and really be um, a library you know we want to be a learning resource for people of Irvine but also people who just want to learn about this place I mean, how many times do we get requests of people wanting vintage mm-hmm. photographs? I mean, that happens all the time. Basically, you know, anytime we get new restaurants opening up or new hotels or new businesses, they all would like to have some vintage pictures of Irvine. And, and we feel very that it's very important to make sure that they have the right pictures, um, not pictures of some other city <laughs> that they think is Irvine. And with the right caption. With the right <laughs> captions. And... Um, yeah, we had we've had people 
get things completely wrong and then all of a sudden it's up on their wall and we're like um that's not Irvine <laughs> so we uh well, that's a big part of our job too is making sure that the information is accurate and um we have a nice partnership I think with the other uh resources in the county mm-hmm. the Orange County Archives is very helpful we work with them um the the Irvine company we work with them there are times they get requests for things and they will ask us for information and vice versa as well as the UCI special archives mm-hmm. collection here um they're all just different everybody has a few different things and we all kind of share that information because the goal is the same we want to make sure that the information is preserved accurately and and shared yeah the uh, IRWD is very good uh, to the Irvine Ranch Water District. District. Yes, um, yes. With you know, and particularly with our drought, and we do have a conservation garden that they had uh, helped put in many years ago, which is still thriving um, uh, even now with with our drought. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a good job. But uh, you know, the, it, when we work in cooperation with people, it just makes everything just you know come alive and you know you you feel like you are in this community that's um you know that's supporting one another and and uh preserving the history it's just, it is a rich history i get excited about it it's just uh, irvine has a rich history